Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And we are back in the Rugby Dungeon to talk about the opening weekend of the Champions Cup and the Challenge Cup. We might kind of mention a little... No, no, Champions Cup. Yeah, yeah. I'm Tim, that's JB there. Hello, Tim. Oh, sorry. Bonjour, Tim. Phil can fill in the rest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I actually had uh, over the weekend. Oh, there's Phil as well. Hello, Tim. Bonjour. Bonjour. Salut. Uh, bonsoir. Bonsoir. Actually, um, I, uh, so I, I actually had well, one, a couple of things I've learned. The highest density of egg chasers listeners is in Gloucester and Bath. I think it's Harlequins. I am certain it's Harlequins. It probably no. In fact, I, whenever I'm at, uh, at the stoop, I get a lot of people. Coming and saying hello, but Bath and Gloucester, it was ridiculous. The number really? of people they did, including after the Bath game, someone who'd obviously seen the Gloucester game the night before and came up to me on the train platform at Bath Spa Station and said, uh, Excusez-moi, monsieur, uh, <laughs> parlez-vous français? I went, uh? He went, Nice one last night. <laughs> it you, was class. If you didn't I see it, a man it. of the match interview. Uh, basically, I had a producer in my ear saying, Right, um, we've got another player coming over, it's Untermac, um, he's going to speak English. Okay. So, so we understood that Roman Intermac was going to speak English, so I gave my question to him, and then uh, he went, uh, <laughs> then proceeded to give a long answer in French um, via, you via his teammate translator. And, and were you tempted to scrabble around looking for Lee Halfpenny? <laughs> That's the last time that happened, wasn't it? When he was playing at Toulon, and I, it was him and Gorgodza. Yeah. And Lee Halfpenny just uh, didn't know French. Yeah. And so I asked the question to Gorgodza, who looked at me like, eh? <laughs> and Lee Halfpenny went, uh, just asked the same question that I just asked him. Slower. Slower. <laughs> so he, Lee Halfpenny de- definitely doesn't speak either French or Georgian. No, but I tried to blag that I spoke French. <laughs> I thought you did speak French. Oh, I mean, yes, I do speak French. I knew what Roman Antimax is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> right, big weekend of rugby. Before we get into the Champions Cup, I just say we are, well, we're streaming right now on social media all over the place. We're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. You need to get signed up, subscribed, and enjoy this while it lasts, while while the broadband is in good nick in the UK. Exactly right. <laughs> no, it'll be in better nick. It'll, it'll, be, even, be, it'll be even it'll, better. And it'll be free. So and it'll be free. Just like the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Absolutely, JB. <laughs> we are free. We are, uh, we are a nationalised podcast. Indeed we are. <laughs> um, and what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're online, follow us, subscribe, all the rest of it. 
Um, but there's been a bit of news knocking around this weekend. Or for one thing, we're going to be doing this podcast when we have the first episode of uh, Hask in the Jungle. Oh, yeah, he is in the jungle now, isn't he? Yeah. It's, so is he the apex predator there? Is that is that the idea? Who else is in there? Ian Wright's in there. Ian, Ian oh my Kate, God, those two. Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin Jenner. <laughs> what, what? Sorry? Is that a joke? <laughs> I, I literally don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's right. No. Caitlin Jenner's in there. No, yeah. she's not. Yes. No. Yes. She, she is. is. Yes, she is. <laughs> she she, yes, she is. She is strong and beautiful. Uh, stunning, stunning, St- and stunning and brave. Stunning and brave. Stunning and brave. What? Yes. I, why are we doing a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it for tonight's uh, Egg Chasers podcast. We'll be back next week. Um, right, so no, we had a lot of people getting in touch and suggesting how we could fashion the drinking game out of Haskell. And um, a lot of them... A lot of suggestions were around the, the YouTube guy. It's the greatest weekend of my life. Yeah. <laughs> if he does any I love of that. that. I love that. Uh, which Haskell tends... There was a period where Haskell was blatantly copying that yeah, YouTube Yeah, there was that. And a lot of them... There's a lot of Alan Partridge banter that they like to throw about. And yeah. office banter. And office yeah. banter. So yeah. watch out Brent. for that. Finchy, beer, me, Stella. Exactly. That, that kind of thing, yeah. So you might get a bit of that going on. Um, so, yeah, Matt Hardy actually said every Alan Partridge or The Office impression should be a drink. Yeah, uh, and our friends at Mallover Rugby said any Gervais or Office references mm-hmm. um, it should lead to that. Um, Steph Franklin said a massive sense of humour failure um, over someone taking the Mickey. You can imagine him getting quite hungry. I bet he eats a lot in the week, doesn't he? Yeah, Ooh. need a lot of protein to keep that. Yeah, rig, like a tremendous amount. I mean, yeah. he obviously talks a lot about his um, diet anyway. Yeah, but there's some videos of uh, the. You know them in England camp and what actually they eat during the day. Mm. I mean, it's in like five thousand calories on on oh, a training yeah. day. It's huge, yeah, massive. Uh, down a drink if he mentions being a DJ um, <laughs> or running into the post during the Six Nations. He won't mention that. I just worry about <laughs> That's it. from Bruce McConaughey coming won't. from. I worry from coming from a rugby environment which is brutal, continually brutal all the time, just banter, 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 and then going into this with a bunch of civilians. Yeah, I don't Fra- think anyone's fragile gonna, celebs. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone's going to get egos. under his skin, but I think he might get under someone else's skin. And I'm not even sure he'd know he was doing it. No, but I think he's very. He's actually he tends to come across as being very right on and woke, as well as being uh, all about the bants as well. So I think stunning and brave. I think I think he'll be. I think he'll be all right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, and then there's lots of people saying if he mentions. Uh, Richard or Judy. Yeah. Owen Farrell is his best friend. If, if he uses the phrase bin juice or nause. <laughs> yeah. I don't get bin juice. What is bin juice? I don't know. I did. People listen. in the Ribber Club say it and I'm still not with it. I did listen to the explanation a while ago. I think it's to do with um, uh, like basically players that are just there to make up the numbers. That's nice. Okay. Uh, right. Let's so anyway, get into uh, Conor O'Shea uh, is another bit of news that's breaking today. He has left his post with Italy that we knew, we knew he was going to leave anyway, but he's left six months early. And he is rumoured to be taking up a role alongside Eddie Jones working somewhere in the England setup. Exactly mm, what? Yeah. I don't know. Which would be interesting. It's a, it's a, it seems to suggest a new role. Because it, be, it could be within Eddie's team, potentially, or in, in the same way that um, John Mitchell has taken up a role. Or it could be in the kind of wider player development, youth team, that side of things, which obviously Connor mm. has got interest and, and a lot of experience the work, on. He did a lot of work with that with Harlequins in developing their academy, and he's done a lot of structural things at Italian rugby yeah. to lay some foundations yeah. for them. 
Have I got this right? Um, England don't have any youth coaches at the moment. Well, they've just um, hired Jonathan Pendlebury, the Wasps Academy boss, as their under 18s coach, I believe. Okay. So okay. there's one. It's, so this might be this this might be the fact that that's just happened and now the Conor O'Shea room is happening. It might mean it's all to do with development mm. pathways type stuff. Yeah, which is a very important part of the the game. But if they're now if they've now got lots of money for that, why, why did they get rid of the guys they had? How have they got lots of money for that? Well, if, yeah. if they now have money for that, if you're got appoint- no idea. If you're appointing Conor O'Shea, he won't come cheap. I don't know. I, I literally yeah. have no idea. I don't know. You know what? I don't know what their financial situation is. Mm. Were, were they in trouble if yeah. they won the World Cup? Were, weren't the RFE the only people not wanting England to win? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> they they have had some report well reported financial issues, partly to do with the redevelopment of Twickenham and mm. the, the overspend on, on that. It, yeah. yeah, but they they are historically yeah. by far the um, most profitable. So we'll, um, we'll see what his role is in due course. He's Another, a good. He's a good man to have about. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say that. Great much. guy. Um, the Steve Balthwick to Leicester rumours won't go away, and you wonder if that's going to happen. World Cup has now finished. When's that going to happen, and what role is he going to have? So forwards coaching makes sense, and I'll tell you why it makes sense. Because at the moment, Bakewell's there. Now Bakewell was Steve Balthwick's coach at Bath. Bakewell was always also coach at Bristol at the same time that they wanted to get. Borthwick in at Bristol post his role in Japan. So that would actually look like it, it could work. I don't think it would be a replacement. I, they obviously understand each other well and know each other well. So I, there's not... Uh, it, well, my gut feeling is Borthwick wouldn't go to be a forwards coach only. Oh, OK. Well, From from England, yeah, forwards coach. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, though, these the day, coaches... The day-to-day, they enjoy more yeah they they actually i mean he does love coaching lineouts that sounds ridiculous but he yeah. does it he does like um the guy who's gone back to bath um hatley neil hatley loves coaching scrums yeah but i think his role will be bigger than scrum coach it, well he, it might he, need he to probably be. will be and, yeah. and, and neil hatley might even be bigger than forwards coach he might be more like kind of head coach yeah well we'll certainly need I don't to know, i don't experience. know exactly what the structure is there but i imagine it's a bigger role for neil hatley at bath and I'd imagine if Steve Borthwick goes to Leicester, it will be a slightly more wide-ranging role. I don't know. It could you, be a senior coach in the same way that Lancaster yeah. is a senior coach at Leinster. But I, I think now coaches are in a really good position, which is you can demand a lot of money to be the thing which you enjoy doing. You might not enjoy picking the team every every day, or you might yeah. not enjoy all that stuff. You might just love yeah. Yeah, getting yeah. on your step stepladder and measuring the height of the jumper. And that's what you might <laughs> and, love doing. And I think in the when you link this to the wider context of rugby at the minute and the salary cap story and everything else, and what some clubs are doing particularly well, is coaches are really valuable. Good, great coaches yeah. are really valuable. They're so hard to value. I was thinking about this because, because I'm about to... They're hard pe- to value, but they're outside yeah. the salary cap. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I was about to put put pen to paper on the situation in, in, in Leicester for later on this, uh, uh, this week. And I'm thinking about Leicester's situation. They, I mean, they can't throw enough money at it. They've, they've bought in Bakewell, they've bought in Ford, they've obviously got Jordan Murphy. If Borthwick goes, there's... Pat that. Howard came in for his review. Yeah, um, and it's hard to know where they're getting any value. But there again, down the road, look at what Chris Boyd's done. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about more about him later, but yeah. it's astonishing what a coach can actually bring. And, yeah, the turnaround in a short space of time. And Pat Lamb at Bristol. Pat Lamb. Lamb's a great example. And on yeah. the other side, you might say Stuart Hooper, but you know, it's too early. It's too early to tell. Definitely too early on that one. Has anyone heard of Tony Toby Booth going to Harlequins? That was a rumour that was bubbling. Yeah, I've heard that one because 
Alex Codling left his role with Quinns as their forwards coach. Yeah, which is yeah. a shame. I was really looking. I was really hoping that he would kick on and take his success, which had kneeling, mm. over to Quinns. So it's a, it's a bit of a shame that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that one, that one's there, and there's there's also. I mean, do you know what? One thing. There are some ridiculous rumours flying around. I, I think. Go on, give me the most ridiculous one. Uh, the beast going to Gloucester. Why not, is that ridiculous? Not happening because they've got four loose heads. Yeah, but what is the beast? If it was a tight head, maybe. But yeah, they, they, there do... are there are Twitter accounts putting stories. Like I this think out. So I don't got... know whether they're getting information from agents, but it's not coming from yeah. credible places. I think someone might have got confused along the line there because um, that rumour that I heard was beast, and one of the explanations behind it was Balmain isn't signing a new a new contract. I mean, this is all nonsense. This is all hearsay. But then you realise it must be hearsay, frankly, because Balmain's tight head. Tight head, loose head. Yeah. <laughs> so why does he care if the beast signs? Yeah. Uh, irre- which is, you know... Just irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't think it's... Maybe... Uh, I mean, here's the beast. Well, I mean, I, they, had, they had two fly halves and they signed Danny Cipriani because he <laughs> is Danny Cipriani. This time of True. year, I would take any story with a huge pinch of salt. Uh, inclu- maybe including this one as well, which is rumour, uh, George Ford, uh, there's talk circling that he hasn't re-signed his contract with Leicester. And, um, Super League? He might be looking to go elsewhere. Do you think he is? I'd be surprised. Why? I think. I think. Well, they... could it depend on where, where, where his dad is? Right. This time next so, year. So, I'm very glad you mentioned that. I think this is a goer. I really think this is a serious attempt. Which, what, the... George league Ford. To leave. To league. And let me explain this. Uh, his brother is up in Leeds. I know they're separate, separate organisations, but he's there. Uh, he's from the area. He can go and live back, back in Saddleworth. He's always wanted to give League a go. If he did it for two years and came back, it's the start of a World Cup cycle. He's not going to miss too much. He can probably negotiate a good deal. Maybe not union-style money, but a good deal. He'd be he an uncapped player. He should go to bloody Sydney, not Saddleworth. Yeah, <laughs> but the, there, is, there is a little bit more... Money around uh, rugby league now. Uh, also, a little bit, but mm. it's still not. Well, the owners are putting in money. I mean, it, what's um, what's Sonny Bill on? Eight eight million over three years? No, so, no, 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 no. Are you sure? Are you sure? Or, yes. is it, or is it five years? No, he's been given share options. Well, he's been yeah. given share options, but but if you were given shares of sorry, a rugby more, club, it'd, it'd be more like five million over three years. If right. you were given shares of a rugby organization. Then on paper that might look great, but how many it. how many rugby organisations, whatever code, are making money, making a profit? Here's your dividend. Oh yes, it's nothing again. It depends. Yeah. Well, not, let's not get into the debate about how you value a rugby club, but I think they are all valuable and they're all oh, worth yeah, yeah. quite a lot. I mean, what's Leicester Tigers up for? It's up for an awful lot, um, um, an awful lot of cash. Um, anyway, let's point, not, yeah, let's not get point, bogged down. Point, it, point, yeah. point being, the more likely rumour on the Super League one is almost certainly Man, uh, Manu, Manu. Sorry. Manu Tuolangi. He's under contract, though. Well, but, well, but he could do a Denny and just go, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm yeah. retiring from And by the way, have, have, we not all, have we not really um, made, made our bed for that after, after the Denny situation? Denny and Johan Usen. Yeah. So it could. It, I do genuinely think that. And the situation at Leicester is not helping because those boys will think they are wasting their career if they're scrapping at, at the bottom of the table again. But th- those two will be on big money. Uh, it's. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah, 
They'll, they'll be on very big. Run. The, the I, I, thing... I think Saracens should sign George Ford as like a, a you know because he can backup. slot he can slot in a back, back up for fouls at ten. But he, maybe he could play a bit of nine as well. Well, <laughs> Wigglesworth yeah. might retire. Yeah. And I think the nice thing about the Saracens option for him is you could always move Farrell to twelve. It gives you more flexibility, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's I'm a like way that. to go. <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, on that one, and we're talking about money. Uh, Pro fourteen have had a, a stake taken by CVC it appears or at least a rumour uh, um, a offer is on the table and looks like it could go so through. do you know this about CVC do you know that the, pro, the, the CEO of Premiership Rugby is from CVC do you know that the CEO so they've put their the they've the put, the they put their CEO as, so presumably that would be part of the deal for that when they bought 30% yeah but get this the old CEO of Premier Rugby now works at CVC as their rugby liaison director. So well, Mark McCaffrey's gone the other way. Interesting. And which, which might have been a you're gonna have to lose your job, Mark. But I'll tell you what, we'll look after you here. <laughs> well, You've got know. good experience, good value. Well, I mean, it could also be like, hey, Mark, why don't you sell this deal? Because uh, you know, we we, we <laughs> maybe have a rugby liaison director. But I pro, don't know. But Pro 14 um, look like they're in on the act as well. So that's that's a story that we can. Um, get into in due course I think we're pretty much up to date with all the other stories that are flying around unless there's any, any the more for any more yeah, that's everything no. uh, uh, Sonny Bill Williams um, uh, as you mentioned he's living in Manchester to Toronto Wolfpack he's, coming, he's going to be in Manchester going to be near us boys but he, he's he been very honest and open um, and said that he used to drink a lot chase girls, chase girls. And, and, uh, and and it gave him nothing but emptiness which but my big takeaway from that is well, Sonny probably. Bill Williams chased women <laughs> <laughs> we have a very different perception of chase there <laughs> does he mean stood in a bar and just <laughs> just shooed some away and said yeah, yeah come on then Sonny Bill cool. Sonny Bill yeah the local economy is um, all, uh, already ticked up by about 10% this week Productivity's uh, up. Productivity's up. Uh, well, welfare up. within the community. Yeah, uh, all the key indicators for Manchester are skyrocketing. The happiness <laughs> index <laughs> yep. soaring. You all need is a quick look of of Sunny Bell, and it makes your day. Yes, absolutely. and the manufacturers of child size shorts. <laughs> it's, uh, it's huge. It's huge. huge. Yeah, um, and that that reminds me. Oh yeah, the only final thing is Eddie Jones. There are excerpts from his autobiography in which he admitted he made two selection errors for the World Cup final and more importantly the one in Warren Gatlin's book the excerpt is he suspected one of the Welsh team were doping or had been doping right what was oh, this in I Warren Gatlin's book yeah I Warren Gatlin's book yeah. from um, Henson but I didn't I couldn't quite make the link so I've not actually seen well, yeah, the quote Gavin from the Henson book. tweeted something yeah which was suggesting that if someone got caught someone got caught they, they wouldn't have been alone is oh, there... so I, the one that I read, there might have been multiple tweets, but the one I read was basically saying, um, I would happily um, testify on a, with a lie detector that I was not aware no one was doing, no one was maybe doping I read Gatlin's rate during Gatlin's How? Maybe time. I read it, maybe I read it wrong. Cause it's I, double I, negative. Yeah, I wonder double when, negative that. when I don't, I don't know. I read it and went, is he saying that it was rife or is he saying I, nothing happened? I read it. That he was saying nothing happened. Right. Did okay. Nigel Ray write his statement? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's the other thing. Is it? It looks like um, Saracens are not going to. By the time you listen to this podcast, it might have already happened. But midnight on Monday is the deadline, and it doesn't look like they're going to. Mm. 
Nothing Re- says for a review. Yeah, <laughs> nothing says excess amounts of owners' money more than we'll just pay the five, uh, the five point three million. million. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go on then. <laughs> How much? Where's oh. my check? Come on then, five million is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just let's just get this done with. Yep. Yeah. Take your medicine. That's but, a lot of medicine to be taking. But that also it just correlates with them trying to challenge the decision on the grounds of competition laws. Mm. I wonder that if the, ju- the two things they just. Is almost you, you called it right, Jay, in, in our podcast. It's almost the smoking gun. Yeah, those, those two elements are, are for me. They're so, so conclusive that they're well. Aware and the thing is, we will we'll never know. No. So it's fine for us to speculate. Well, fact, and maybe this, maybe, this, is, maybe yeah. this is part of it because if if there's a review that takes months, I don't know whether. Uh, we would then learn some information. I don't think Possibly we would. Not. No, not no, 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 would. But if it's contested in court, and part of me thinks, well, I, I don't know. Will they take this to court? I think I would. If I'm that certain, I think I'd take it to court. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure they are that certain. Well, the other, them not challenging. The other them, angle to think about it is if this was hanging over them for months and months and months, if there's a point in the season where they're staring right down the barrel of relegation, which I think they will be, I think there's a very, very real possibility 100%. they're getting relegated. And if they're staring down the barrel, but it hasn't been confirmed or unconfirmed, how do they make plans for the following year? How do they make plans to send people on loan here or there or everywhere, which they will have to en masse? Yeah, because they're yeah. not like a normal team in the no. sense that the guys they have, they're not just there for the... Well, they are just there for the money, actually. That's the whole point. Um but it's not like they can just clear house and start again. I mean, these are all academy products. It's all been built very carefully. It's not like the bad. T- yeah, it's not like they're a bad team that no. need a clear. No, and in fact, yeah. they need to keep everyone. In fact, in so many ways, yes, Saracens yeah. are the model yeah. rugby club. Yeah. In so many ways, um, they are. They are. But they've just on on, a, on what seems like an industrial scale, they have circumnavigated the the, the spirit of the competition. And um, but but in so many ways, they've got all the nuts and bolts there that they might actually go. Do you know what? Worst case scenario, we have to spend a year in the championship. But if we plan it right and we, we've got all these nuts and bolts in place, we can come back as strong as we were. Or stronger, or because stronger. you get a lot of your big players out on loan for 12 months. You get a lot of youth getting, gaining experience. And like the, the forwards, young forwards, getting the chance to play in the championship is a great opportunity. Yeah, the team they put out today... Well, I mean, they can. Yeah, well, let's let's move into the rugby then. Because yeah. what, what did you make of the team they put out today? I, th- I thought it was fine. I thought the team was fine. Um, it's to be expected with their internationals and the way they manage people. Um, and that you know, the team that they actually put out today. Uh, just going a little bit back to the previous point, if they shed some shed some of the talent there, say they get rid of um, the skeletons of this world, they exactly like 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 Phil said, they would they would bounce back and be a bit stronger. Now, I thought that. Coming back to this game, I thought the team that they picked was fine, and I thought it was a really good opportunity for those young lads to see exactly how good they are. Um, I, I mean, we've seen it against Gloucester. Yeah, we've seen it against multiple multiple teams now, and um, well, let's, um, they played well, but they weren't good enough. Yeah, and to put yeah. the to put the selection into context, you know, Maitland was in the side, Jack Singleton was selected in the side. Uh, ben Spencer was selected in the side. So the one Reese Carey, Reese Carey. So, yeah. uh, so the only ones that they. Titi Lamasatelli. So yeah. the, the only ones that weren't involved were the guys that were that were playing a significant role in a World Cup final. Which I think is absolutely fine, isn't it? Which I yeah. which I think that is legitimate. When Mark McCall said, 
Mark, would... Mark McCall said, um, uh, "No, it, we don't. We don't believe they're ready yet." I think, despite Cru- the fact other clubs had yeah. their, yeah, I think World, Cruz, World Cup or Cruz could have uh, could have played, perhaps. Uh, but no, the others have been through the mill. I mean, yeah. there's the bru- three knockout games, and the how brutal was that? Fu- the final, yeah, for those those boys, for Farrell, for Itoji, for Jamie George, uh, not for just the Vunapolas. Yeah. It was absolutely brutal. Yeah, not just the physicality; it's also the getting over the losing of the final yeah. mentally. Well, and the, mm-hmm. you know, they've been wanted by press. They've been on the Jonathan Ross show. Some of them, well, I actually. To be fair, not a single Saracen went on that show, but that's not the point. Yeah, uh, you know they all, they'll be doing equivalent things. Yeah, it's fine. And they'll... Sam Underhill played for Bath and was apparently like chomping at the bit. They had, uh, uh, Stuart Hooper said that they had to hold him back last week. Good luck because <laughs> he wanted to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I wouldn't fancy that job. No, St- stopping no. Sam Underhill from getting out onto the park. Uh-huh. Um, but but there's not a lot to report on the actual game itself. At Racing beyond Racing looked really good. Yeah, Russin, the the game breakers that they've got. Where was that Finn Russell during the World Cup? Yeah, he yeah. was awesome. Finn, Finn Russell, but Vaca Tower, magical. Um, t- name three more elegant, classy outside back runners than Vaca Tower, Bryce Delan, and Teddy Thomas. Oh, Those Teddy Thomas! I mean, just you, unreal. You look at where you can look at a pitch. And you can see the gaps, and usually you think, oh, okay, you can run there, but that gap will close. You know Teddy Thomas is that quick and that explosive. He will get to that gap before it closes. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's a, again, why did he not go to the World Cup? I keep thinking these things. All I've been thinking this <laughs> this weekend is, why didn't that guy go? Why didn't that guy yeah. go? Why didn't Hutchinson go? Rory, What's Rory, wrong Rory with Hutchinson, you? Rory Teddy Thomas, uh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a good win for Russell. I need to go to that stadium. Yeah, I do as well. I cannot. I really want to go to that stadium. Well, um, I mean, it, could, it could be arranged. We, I'm sure we can manage it. Yeah, I like the fact that when um, Mashano's little video when he scores points, he looks like he's been on a massive bender in his racing suit. He's sort of he's got a couple of buttons undone. His ties right down, and he's just fist bumping in the air. He's so cool as well. <laughs> he's, he's so, so cool. cool. Uh, I love how they play. I mean, everyone gives the top fourteen grief for being like. Slow and turgid and scrummy and scrummy and all the rest of it, but they play with power, finesse, fitness, uh, and the way that they break the line and the, and then they offload. I mean, it's you know you would say it's almost like Fijian in character or classically French. It's it's awesome. If only the yeah. French team could play even close to that. They've been struggling in the league. In the league, three wins in but, nine. But yeah. But partly because they've had a lot of people yeah. who were missing during the World Cup. And obviously, the... the top fourteen has to start. Well, it starts at starts two, two it days. Finishes. Yeah, two days before the end of last season, it starts. Yes, exactly. Let, let, a broader question, because the answer may well be Racing, um, which is why I asked now. But what was the most impressive performance of the weekend, in your opinion? Cl- Claremont were ridiculous. Claremont were ridiculous, but in equal and opposite measures, Harlequins are also ridiculous. Yes, very true. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really give that performance much stock. Um, um, well, no, actually, you've, you know, they scored 50 points. So, uh, yeah. Quinns went out there and pushed Claremont quite hard in the Challenge Cup semi final, um, what, five months ago, six, yeah, months, six yeah. months ago. Yeah. Um, so that w- Claremont was an impressive performance. Exeter to go to La Rochelle. That, that was massively <laughs> impressive. Bloody hell, yeah. And to bounce back from a couple of poor performances, particularly by Exeter's standards, to do it in that manner in La Rochelle's backyard. Yeah. That was impressive. To bully a La Rochelle pack. Yeah. That, that massively impressed me. Yeah. Well, 
And the the other one was the Toulouse second half performance. Second half. Oh my god! They just—it's like Japan. The way that the rugby they play is, is like Japan. Yeah, the, the in club terms, level. it's as close as you get. But they've got a monster pack yes, in front they, of them to do. Yes, it. they do. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Um, Toulouse are ace. That was cool. I met a double World Cup winner this weekend. Double, um, double World Cup. Double World Cup. There's not winner. many of them. Yeah, no. I'm trying to think who that might be. Osdurant. Oh, um, uh, Kano. Yeah. He's amazing, oh, isn't he? Yeah, in real course. life, he's just a lovely man. Uh, I've I've never spoken to him. I've just been close to him. Yeah, yeah. Ter- he, he, you've been stood in the dead ball line when he's running towards you in, yeah. in, yeah, a, ca- in a captain's run. <laughs> he's got a sort of pull to him, like a presence. He has that. He has <laughs> like that the run- moon. He has that running style with like really high knees, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Like you, terrified to tackle the fella. But yeah, what a lovely guy. In fact, that's one thing I love about um, about rugby. And it, it's, oh, I met you, you. You meet people all the time. At rugby clubs, and particularly, I'm in a fortunate position where I get to meet quite a few, and they're all just great blokes. Like you've got a double World Cup winner, couldn't be more down to earth, lovely, humble, mm. nice. And then uh, met, and I, I think I met him briefly a couple of times, Andrew Trimble, but spent a bit of time with him. What a lovely bloke he yeah. is as well. He yeah. comes across. He's as a, a lovely a man, great, great bloke, and he, he listens to the podcast. Does, Does he? He went. Ah, oh, he said, I've just put two and two together, Tim. Egg chasers, right? <laughs> yes, get in. Yeah. He's, he's, oh, listen. Did he say hello to me? Did he say hello to no, me via you? So how, so how did you? So, uh, so how did you start with the other two? I mean, he was quite interested in it. So, so you you just did it on you started it on your own. Well, we broke into, we broke into the studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I said, yeah, just just guys that live live near me, known through rugby, and yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Where you go? But so hello, hello. Andrew. Hello. Pleasure spending time with you at the weekend. Legend, Ulster legend. Yeah, Ulster legend. I'm, I'm in Ray. I'm at the Kingspan. Sorry, not Ravenhill. Kingspan. Kingspan. Is it the Kingspan that, at Ravenhill or something like that? Uh, Ravenhill Kingspan. Ra- yeah. Okay. The Kingspan. Kingspan. Get the. Uh, I'm there the branding, on Friday night. The branding right. That'll be an interesting. We'll come um, on to that later. Yes, we will. That is a. How was um big task for Ulster? How was the shed this weekend? Because that was the Friday night game. I was I was looking forward to that all Friday. First half, it was rocking. It's yeah. cool though, isn't it? I mean, I say it's cool there. I've not actually been to. A, I've been to a game there. I've not been to a Gloucester game there. The first half, it was rightly rocking. There was two Joe Simpsons tries. How is it right that this wasn't meant to happen? Right, like <laughs> I thought he was old now. I thought yeah. he couldn't do this. And what's going on with all these these long range scrum half efforts? Yeah, yeah. Lately, he's thirty one. Like Cobus Reinach has just like started a trend. Yeah, everyone's got older. Oh, we need right. Our new move, scrum off from 80 metres out. Because yeah. he was it last week, he was it last week, did he? Papier, Papier the, um, disallowed. The disallowed, yep. and there was a... Well, um, not last week, but Gareth Davis has a... Yeah. a Gareth Davis is all the time. history of, of doing that. No, there was another one. There was, another, there was another scrum off last week that scored was a really long-range try. Yeah, there was. I remember, because it happened... Someone had him on, in fantasy. Anyway, it did it wasn't me then. I had it definitely uh, wasn't me. Nick, Nick White who got himself yellow carded. Good lad, idiot. I had Ben Spencer who got himself in a bloody World Cup squad and didn't play. <laughs> um, yeah, so Gloucester rocking. Shame about the result though, it, and the shame to wow. lose in the manner that they did. I, I, you know, Twenty points I, to nine. I th- well, I think they did well to only be within five points, given how little ball they had. I agree with you. How bad their line out was. Yeah. I mean, should, if you half. just watched that and didn't see tries and stuff, you'd go, "Oh, they just got absolutely spanked." Yeah, so I know I'm not For, like forty point. Like if you watched it without the tries and kicks and stuff, you'd go, "Yeah, probably to lose by 30. So I had a bet on this. Is the only bet that I put on this week, and I put you know, a, a bit of money on Gloucester. Uh, sorry, to lose to win, and then they went down by two scores. I was like, "There is no way 
looking at this game that Toulouse, Toulouse <laughs> can, can lose this. So I backed it up with another tenner. And I was like, well, it's, it was obvious. In fact, if anything, um, the, like the Simpson tries, um, they were so against the run of play. It just made Gloucester ner- n- more nervy towards the end. Mm. Uh, I thought, I'm with you, I thought they were very lucky to only, uh, well, to be within five. Last week against Saracens, they're uh, against, yeah, last week yeah, against Saracens, Saracens, their scrum creaked big time. This week, they sort of sorted their scrum out a bit and their line was absolutely garbage. Interesting, yeah. wasn't it, that... Um, Oh, the... Oh, is it Olstad? Elstad. Elstad? Elstad. Claimed that... Oh, I knew what he's going to do because he's my best mate. Yeah, yeah. I, I know Grobler well. Maybe that might have had something to do with it. <laughs> and Johan Ackerman in the, in the interview afterwards when I put that to him went, well, yeah, we probably should have varied a little bit more because that could have been a factor. So interesting. Well, who, who was calling it? I, I don't know whether Gloucester, did Gloucester do their calls in Afrikaans, maybe. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no one will know this. It's in Afrikaans. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, you, know, you can't... You can't really cure a bad call, no matter how good your system is. If you, you know, if you're throwing into traffic, it's it's always going to be a bit of a toss up. Yeah, and if if Toulouse have got the read on you, it's very difficult. You can't. Oh, it's very difficult. That's to change astonishing. Mid-game. That. Astonishing to have your, your own ball stolen on a penalty on their five meter line. Yeah, but yeah, it is. It is what it is. Yeah, I, I think Toulouse look very, very good. Don't do, I don't know if they look as good as Racing though from the two games that I saw. Mm. No, Racing and Clermont, but then. Toulouse, they're up there. You got you got three. Those three French teams, very strong French. And interesting, you got three year. really good French teams. And again, the other French teams. I mean, I was really disappointed with La Rochelle at home. Yeah, thought they were so poor. I didn't really see that game. Exeter, Exeter were good. Exeter, Exeter, that's not to take it away from Exeter. Exeter Boston. Go in there bonus and winning point, like like that. Point win. That five point win. That's huge. Yeah, Leon. I mean, yeah. just that was one of the most disappointing performances of the weekend because them being top of the top fourteen, having dominated everyone. Yeah. And then Having the experience of last year and going, well, we sort of shat the bed a little bit last year, will be different this time. They just imploded. And the, well, the scoreline... Again, line, not to take it away from Northampton. Yeah, Northampton played well, but the scoreline actually flatters Leon. They got the kind of two soft tries late on, in the, the, the crossfield kick and the um, scrum with the winger going uh, in. I think there was a bit more to this guy. I mean... Let's look at Northampton and say, yeah, fair play. They played some amazing stuff. I and mean, they did look great in patches. Once more Hutchinson, that's another... We uh, just mentioned him, him earlier. Why he didn't go to World Cup is yeah. just beyond me. He, it's bonkers. He might be one of the best centres in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah. After 18 and, months, he's developing and into... They, who, who did they take in the centre? Uh, Duncan, Taylor, Duncan Taylor, fair play. I'm glad to see him back again. But, you know, he's only why? just, he's only <laughs> yeah. just come back. Yeah. Uh, Chris Harris, solid player. Yeah, but, good, good solid player. But if you need to get a score, pull the rabbit out of a hat. Yeah, or just keep Peter, scoring because that's what. Right. Or just, or just start and play brilliantly and keep playing brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. Peter Horn as well, good solid player. I would, re- 12, I would request Greg Townsend. Can you continue that? Uh, not selecting Rory Hutchinson during the Six Nations, so I can have him <laughs> for my fantasy rugby draft team, please. He is <laughs> some player. Um, yeah, so there's a bit more to this because obviously Northampton only got the one try. I think Northampton could have got multiple other tries, but I also think that Leon could have got multiple uh, other tries. But they both seem to conspire to <laughs> not score tries in every way possible, to the point that they would be intercepting each other's intercepts. <laughs> I've never there seen was, anything was, like it. There was that period of play, wasn't there, yeah. where it was intercept, intercept, turnover, play, where Reiner, you think, oh my God, it's, yes. been, it's been like three or four minutes of solid rugby and then Reinick gets the ball in his own 22. And there's a little forward pass by Dan Bigger and Reinick then rounds the fullback, which is another bit of awesome play. I mean, there was a lot of a lot of good stuff here. 
But they were outscored by Leon. And you've got to say, if the if it was ref signed differently, maybe they were a bit more disciplined, they could you know put in a better performance. Ultimately though, they are, I think I think they're on a record. Leon. Yeah. Of the longest stint in the the long yeah, the longest uh, stint in the Champions Cup without scoring a single league point. Even over because there was a period where the Italian sides were had never won were in by without having to qualify. Yeah, now the reason I think that is because last year Leon were the first team ever to finish the pool stage with oh, zero. Yes, yeah. you're right. So, so therefore by, by default. definition, yeah. Yeah. So every game that they lose now, they're, they're setting a rather an enviable record. And uh, Carl Ferns, our mate Carl, tweeted out earlier. He just said uh, that was really disappointing. I've seen a stat that said we had 24 penalties. What? Uh, quite how we finished as close as we did with 24 penalties. We'll be better next week. Something along those lines. But 24 pens. Yeah. And what, what's the average in like? I think the Premiership in in, in a Premiership game because I'm only saying that because I know that a bit better. I think the average penalties in a game per team is something like eight yeah yeah I, so I, 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 eight would be eight would, sound. eight would be a solid somewhere between eight and 12 would be normal yeah i would uh, well, i think i think 12 would be on the high side it, it would be it would be um if you drop you drop sometimes drop down teams have done as few as kind of four i think when um ireland beat the all blacks um in this i think it was at the game that finished 15 nine or scoreline like that with a stockdale try mm. That was something like four penalties that they gave away, which which is giving that few penalty penalties away is huge. Anywhere approaching twenty or more yeah. is just ridiculous, just Isn't stupid, mm. yeah. almost impossible to win. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, I like this player. I mean, I'd have to rewatch the video, but I thought I thought the Leon Flyhoff looked pretty, pretty exciting. Um, Fernandez. Yes. Like every time he got the, got got the ball, he seems to make a little half break. He looked bloody bloody quick. I'll give him that much. There are, yes. I think if you were putting him into... If you had to crudely lump fly halves into categories, you'd put him in the Quade Cooper, Carlos Spencer camp. Yes, I think so. I think Uh, that's a pretty fair comparison. Rather than the Dan Bigger... Uh, Priestland. kind of camp. I was watching Dan Bigger set and I thought, this guy... I don't think there'd be a more annoying player to play in in world rugby. He's so niggly. But those those are the tens... if, if, If you had a... If you had to sort of bet your mortgage on, on a game, and you could pick a player out of that type of pool with the Dan Bigger, all the Dan Biggers of this world, all the Carlos Spencers of this world, you'd pick the Dan Bigger every time, or particularly over a over a, over a season. Oh um, yeah, and and in a competition like this, in a competition like, like this. when you go to knockout rugby, when every I mean, game, do, do you, I think Dan, I, I, going back to Owen Farrell there, um, I just mentioned him as a bit I know, Owen Farrell, but Owen Farrell and Dan Bigger, I think, are very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah very yeah, similar. I, I think so. Uh, but I just because he's not very a very big man, Dan Bigger, but he's always like winning things off you or stealing the ball off yeah. you or just just a real interesting yeah Chris, appealing or shouting yeah. at you. And Chris Boyd said that um, Dan Bigger is equal as the most competitive player he's ever coached. It's a bit I of a love in between it. those two because he said that of Dan Bigger and Dan Bigger said, and this is a big statement bearing in mind. Who Dan Bigger has been working under internationally? Yeah, Dan Bigger said, "Chris Boyd is the best is the best coach I have ever worked under." Wow! And he's worked with Steve Tandy, <laughs> <laughs> Rob Howley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's big. <laughs> um, uh, other games. So, um, Tim, you were at the wreck. I was at the wreck on Saturday. In fact, I, I, you know what? 
Europe has some of these amazing cities that you can go to and I've been to La Rochelle and that's an amazing place to go and watch a rugby game I've been to Claremont and that you have to do that it's like a bucket list I've not been to Paris I need to go to the yeah La Défense but I've got to say Friday night in Gloucester and Saturday afternoon in Bath is as good as it gets it's so cool isn't it it's as good as it gets yeah we went to watch um, the World Cup final in Bath Uh, Harlequins were were playing Bath Harlequins won won, won that day it's just an awesome town it's a great great town and it's because you're in the centre of the city yeah it's so good just to roll out of the bar into the wreck down to the wreck and then just roll out and you're you're there yeah it's so good so I was in Glasgow this weekend and Scott's student is miles out of the city centre it was it is quite far but you get to look at ships on the way <laughs> so it's a great it's a great little ground it's a, it's a good it's a good little ground I enjoyed it but it to get to, from having a beer in the city centre at kind of midday it was it was an hour by train mm. to get out to the ground uh, once you're already in Glasgow and the same coming back but yep. ba- bath on a crisp autumnal yes. bright oh, yeah. sunny Saturday afternoon yes. we did that it for, was amazing um, a stag do we went to watch Exeter Bath and it, like you say, it was brilliant. And also, some of the Bath players were walking to the game over that bridgey thing. Yeah. Well, that bridge. bridge. Um, bridge. <laughs> the bridgey thing. I don't yeah. know what it is. <laughs> what do you call it? Bridge. Um, Are you a structural engineer, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, as for Glasgow, I've been there to watch them train. It's so weird because you've got these mega ath- mega athletes, some huge men, like that Brian, what's his face, uh, when he was there? Uh, yeah. I, yes. Yeah, him. Huge. Big Brian. Huge men. And they're running around chasing tennis balls and doing that sort of thing they were doing pre-season. And then you'll get like a bunch of school kids walking to go swimming or do whatever because it's still like a public community centre type thing. Uh, uh, leisure centre. So, they, yeah, so yeah. they just train in the leisure centre. So the, like, the weight room has got like, a big glass panel across it where just members of the public walk past and they're li- you know, deadlifting 300 kgs or something. <laughs> but, um, so, but in terms of bath, yeah. I... I, re- I the game was tense and had its moments. It was it was it was a bit low on quality, but it was and it was entertaining as a spectacle. And I I I, I really like the cut of Dan McFarlane's jib at Ulster. He he has a little mantra which um, Will Addison revealed, which is just we fight for every inch. And Dan McFarlane was talking in the week and just and said, I, I, I'm telling the guys, I want to see bite and fight. So he. He is aware, I think, Dan McFarlane, that we might not be playing the best rugby we're going to yet. We will get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we're a team of scrappers. And they went to Munster last week and lost narrowly. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, and quite unlike some of their players, they were really putting it about. Bit of niggle. Mm. Trying to make, mm. trying to turn Ulster into a bit of a nasty team in a good way. In, yeah, yeah. In, in on, a, just on the right side. On of... the right side. Yeah, just uncompromising and annoying. Yeah. And... Um, and so I really and to go to come away from Bath with a win when they're not play, when they didn't play great. That's, they, that's a that's a big result. Yeah, because also didn't play great, no. but they they got enough the the Cooney try and the the little try. Oh, there you go. There's Cooney. Cooney was the other one. So it was two on Saturday, two on Friday night, and, and one breakaway scrum off uh, try on the Saturday. Now talking about another one. Cooney, talking yeah. about lovely men, and I do not know this because uh, I've not actually met him yet, but I've heard nothing other than amazing reports about. Jo- uh, John Cooney and like the stuff he does in his um, in his spare time too. He he he's meant to be a remarkable man. I think yeah. it's I think basically it's the rule at Ulster. If you wear the nine shirt, you have to be really really saintly. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and kick sticks and kick sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the rules almost a deity. So you like the cut of Dan McFarlane's jib? I get that. Yeah, 
I think if there were a big, I think he's quite happy at Ulster, but if there were ever a big DOR job in England, he should be considered. What do you think yeah. of the experiment at Bath? I mean, obviously we're going to need more time, but you know, hot takes. Um, hot takes, I'm not exactly sure, as I kind of in, indicated when we mentioned Neil Hatley earlier, I'm not exactly sure what the structure is, what Hooper's role is, yeah, how that operates day to day. He looks like a head coach to me, when you see him on, on the sidelines. Yeah. Because yeah. he's on the sidelines. But I don't think he does any coaching, he's never coached. Yeah, and he's, he's done his business side of things, yeah. business management so I think he's side more of things. Overall, he's more like a kind of CEO type. I don't so, know. Yeah, or d- more like a DOR, but like a, it's the it's the management and the business side of it. But I, I think I they know. might find themselves in a Leicester Tiger style situation where they've got the guy, they've promoted him internally. Unlike Jordan Murphy, who is actually a coach, mm-hmm. you're going to have Hooper, who is not a coach, and they're going to carry on supplementing him with more experienced coaches over and over again until they hope that they stumble upon the right mixture. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Well, what I would say is, yes, I think we need more time because Neil Hatley is a very, very experienced coach. And he does mesh better, you would say, with the Bath organisation than the others who probably mesh. He knows it, they know him. It's not an unknown quantity. He's been there and done it. But he's a very, very experienced coach. And I imagine... He's only just arrived. Mm. So I would imagine the influence of Neil Hatley could be significant I agree it needs to be the problem with Bath is look at the names in their back line for for several years now they've had incredible players in their back line they can't they just haven't got a good attack well they've got a mixture of players haven't they they've got basically the 2010 Wales stars which is fine and then outside of them they've got world class outside backs and there's not really much in between it is Uh, there uh, Roberts JJ uh, McConaughey, Watson, Rock and Dungu. So you got the world Thock- class outside. Thock and a singer. Yeah, yeah, but no, but from, world class. from twelve, from twelve to fifteen. So twelve. They're but I'd also argue they are exceptional. So I'd argue Jamie Roberts is definitely playing better at Bath than he. Yeah, it's he, he he far more at Bath than uh, than Harlequins. Uh, on the other hand, though, like I say, he is the two thousand and you know fifteen Wales team with um, what's his name with Reese Priestland. I can't see you winning much with Reese Priestland. No, but you should be able to. What I'm saying, you should be able to get more out of that Bath backline with the raw materials you have than they have done in the last few years. Interesting fact. Yeah. If you just listed those names, and I'm just thinking aloud here. Reese Priestland's your fly half. Who, who, who's his second distributor there? How do you how do you unlock that talent? Freddie Burns has been playing 15, hasn't he? Yeah, that's that, that, he, not won't a long Anthony, term, he won't win yeah. Anthony Watson and Fox and not, Singer and which is actually, and Rocco yeah. are all available. Which is a really JJ. bad scenario for them, right? So if well, you. There's different ways to play. That's not... Well, if you think about this, right? So if you think about Anthony Watson at 15, you're going to have to have Anthony Watson move to the wing in order to accommodate a second playmaker. Or you you pick your most talented team, but then you don't have the necessary skills to unlock... Do they go for a Jackson Willison type at 12 who can do that a little bit more than Jamie Roberts? I don't know. I think that's why... What's his name was so successful there? Uh, The the Kiwi lad. Benny Taps. No, no. Um, oh, young, right. young, young Englishman, Englishman James Wilson, James Wilson, <laughs> yeah. like thirty-three or something. Thirty-three-year-old Kiwi, thirty-three-year-old Kiwi, young Englishman. James Wilson came in and was very effective there. And I think, I think they need an, an extra but, pair of hands somewhere. So the bit for me with Bath is they they don't they shouldn't be trying to run before they can walk. This is a, a new coaching setup, new um, management setup, and 
it seems to me, looking from the outside in, that they're trying to get their basics right. They, their front, uh, their front row is performing actually. Yeah, very, their line very out well. Creaked a bit at the weekend. Their tight five is doing well. Line out a bit of pressure on it with um, from Ulster, from some some canny operators, mm. but they've got to get those basics right first, and then you can start building on it. But I, I think for now, they just want to get the best team they possibly can on paper uh, onto the team. So Watson at fifteen, JJ. Thokinasinga. And let's see what they can do. Uh, Rocket Aguni. There's well, no, there's no yeah. excuse. Well, I, I just don't think there's many excuses once you give them a bit of time to settle in because they should be able to create a solid platform well, with those yeah. forwards. I would, and with that back row, they should be able to slow the opposition down. And then with that yeah. with that back line, they will, and I'm not just talking about just now, and I think we will see the influence of Hatley and we will see the team develop. But over the last few years, they have massively underperformed given the names they've got. Yeah, so yeah. I think, unlike the Leicester situation, which I think is utterly hopeless, um, <laughs> Bath situation is better. And going back to what Phil said about the scrum, I, I think their front row are doing well. If Hatley comes in and actually solidifies that scrum and That's gets all the forwards going in the right direction, they could turn into a really powerful, nasty team. Then it's adding the extra bits, isn't it? Like yeah. you got to at some point they're gonna have to find a, another playmaker. But they, you can yeah. win a lot of games yeah. by beating people up. Absolutely you you can. And Jamie Roberts, if you're gonna start beating people up. Jamie Roberts is a good guy for that. Yeah. But the, you know, I think they're going to have to bite the bullet on either Watson or JJ because I think they're going to need an extra distributor somewhere in, in, in that lot. Maybe at some point. No, I don't think they'll do it just yet. No. Um, anyway, Ulster. Yeah, Ulster look good. N- well, well, no, they didn't. The, but yeah, they, they showed a lot of grit. And go, uh, going away in Europe and not playing well, but getting a four-point win mm. is really important. That That is really important. They've so. got to back it up. with. I mean, yeah, because I, I can look at that and go, two English sides are done now. They're, 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 two, like, two losses ba- at home. Bath yeah. and Gloucester, they're done. Yeah, you so can't lose at home. Lost, lost, lost at home, it's kind of, their competition's done. Yeah, Ulster's roots of doing this is basically get some bonus points at Claremont. They're going to have to hope to finish in a second, in a, in a, a good second position for Ulster. Yeah, yeah. Harlequins. Uh, yeah. Looking what I, from what I can see, they should steamroll the Harlequins home and away. Frankly, um, hopefully they can beat Bath away. Although that's a, a taller order. And there's Claremont. I mean, do they have Claremont back to back, or do they have? No, they've got Claremont this Friday. Yeah, at, at Kingspan. I mean, yeah. yeah. You're not going to get anything out of the Claremont game. I wonder if you just I aim for four tries. Just trying to him to get anything out of it, yeah. Him to get one league point out of it is almost where it's going to have to be. I'm very interested to see what the selections are for Gloucester and Bath going away. Now they've lost their home game. I wouldn't. I, I predict that. I don't know. I predict. All right. So I, I can imagine Gloucester saying, "Right, let's let's rotate the squad." I can't. I don't but think. I think it's too early. Not a hope. I think they will. They will back themselves to let's, go away. Let's see. Come. Let's see. Gloucester yeah. are in a winnable group. Like they, you know, they, if they have pretensions of winning the Premiership, and I think that's where this group of players are. They are. We have to win this year because you know certain players might not be around next year, or you know this is a very good Gloucester team. They have to win now. I think that has to translate into European success. They have to be. They can't be the mindset we are going to win the Premiership, but we're going to throw Europe because that's that sort of team. I don't mean will not throw it. I think I think that they they had yeah. a, they had a proper crack at Toulouse. They gave it their best shot, but I think they do recognise exactly what you just said. Yeah. Premiership is yeah, where you, our focus is, and maybe. And I, in contrast to Pro 14 sides, who I think go, 
Europe, it's all about Europe, and then we need to just keep on top of the Pro 14. The Premiership clubs, a lot of them, uh, it's the inverse. Yeah. It's and maybe Exeter and Saracens have, have got to the point where they they can have been a bit more different to that. But Gloucester are definitely in a place where they're like. It's Premiership. Premiership, Premiership, Premiership. Premiership. And we'll have a crack at Toulouse and see how we get on that first game. So I think you are... I don't look at it quite like that. I think that it's the other way around, which is Gloucester and Exeter win the Premiership because they think they can win everything. They don't look at it strategically like that. Every game that we play, we are going to win. Um, Whereas Gloucester, if they have the attitude of we might not go as hard in Europe to win the Premiership, that sort of team could not win the Premiership. Hear me now, now, believe me later, Gloucester's team will have a... I don't mind them rotating because we'll have they think a rota- it's a better we'll have a rotation team. look about it with an eye on the Premiership the next week. Uh, see, I, I don't think it will yet. I think they'll go f- full bore for this. Where are they going for the next game? They're going to... Mont- either, well, either Montpellier or Connacht. I mean, if they're going to Connacht... They're, well, they're, Connacht. Going, they're going to Montpellier. Yeah. I mean, they're they're going to pick a change team. I, th- I think they won't. I think they will go for it. I've we, been, we will see. We'll see. Yeah, you, I mean, you, if they you, don't go for it, I think they're mad. I think, yeah. I think that's a really bad... I mean, yeah, it's bad. That would be bad. Well, speaking of Montpellier, they went down, went down to Connacht. Yeah. yeah. Bloody brilliant. Yeah, Connacht is not not an easy place to go to. No. That's a huge win for them. Yeah. And made it a clean sweep for the Irish provinces. Yes. Annoyingly. They all have to qualify to get into that competition and um, and justified it. I mean... Well, I mean, yeah, not every team win. can be as effective as Sale Shocks, can they? And go to Connacht and win. Huh. So. <laughs> so we had... Um, how many Pro 14 sides won... Five out of six, right? Ooh. It was only Ospreys who lost to another Pro 14 side that lost. Uh, Benetton lost. Oh, to Benetton. Another, but they lost to another Pro 14 they side. They lost again. to another Pro 14 side. So Try for your boy, Dean Bud. Oh, excellent So in, in every game where... In every game... The maximum amount of Pro 14 winners won. Yes, I think that's probably so, right. Yeah, the two that lost. Because the two were doubleheaders, only one team yeah. could win. So they had five. Hmm. Uh, France was kind of three and three. Three good, three bad. Yeah. Premiership was Exeter and Saints good and Saracens, Quinns, Saracens, Quinns, Bath, Gloucester, Gloucester mm, bad, bad, yeah, bad I'd, start I'd actually, for the Prem. Actually bad, bad. Yeah. Um. Uh, just tell oh, me speak, about the game. Speaking of speaking of bad, oh. yeah. Well, I was going to go on. Yeah. To tell it. tell me about your experience in Glasgow. Tell me about yeah. Glasgow. Speaking of bad, that's not <laughs> that's <laughs> ominous. I love the West End of Glasgow. It's great fun. Oh, Glasgow. You're I, a big fan of Gla- I, Glasgow. You not Phil? I had a brilliant night. Excellent. Last night. What was the uh, drink of, drink du jour up in Glasgow? Uh, I was drinking, God, what was I drinking? Um, all sorts. Uh, uh, by the way, I, I, I caught a little bit of, uh, it was on telly when I was just flicking around, Dark Knight Rising was on and there's a scene with uh, Alfred uh, talking about sitting in Italy and he goes, do you know what, Master, Br- Master Bruce, <laughs> I always, I go on holiday every year to Rome and I sit there in my cafe Having a Fennet Branca, and I thought <laughs> yeah. that's one of your go-to's. <laughs> no Fennet Branca last night. I had um, quite a bit of Guinness, um, quite a few uh, IPAs. I had, had some margaritas um, later on. Margaritas are overrated. Some I Cuba feel. Libras, some highballs. Of course, I drank. Wow, that's a big old night. I drank already. from. So we're on the a train at seven a.m. and I finished drinking at six a.m. Oh, this morning. Oh, this morning. Um, it was very, very good fun. Um, the uh, the game, on the other hand, was not particularly good. Mm-hmm. Neither, neither team played well at all. Um, Sale hardly fired a shot. But they but were very, like Steve Diamond was 
chipper after the game, really happy with a bonus point. What? So it's it's interesting. It's really interesting. If you if you'd have offered them that before the game, I was I was there with some sale fans and I was talking to them about this exact point. Which uh, which ones? <laughs> you know them, Chris, Adam, <laughs> the two. Um, talking about this exact point, if you offer that um, single bonus point in a loss away at Glasgow before the game, with Glasgow only getting four points as yeah, well, they'd, you'd probably say, yeah, we'll no, take, we'll, you'll, never we'll in take a million it. years. That that was that was their view, and, and Dimes was was quite happy. I'm astonished by that. Now I'm astonished because of how badly they played. They. They barely. That fired might a shot. be why he's going. We got we got got away with that one. We because they can. If you think about it in terms of a reverse, they, they can fancy themselves going. We, we can go five points to zero or five points yeah, to one against yeah. Glasgow. Yeah. So, the, but the the bit that Sale will be pleased about is so Sale did not play well at all, but they were still they had a chance to win this game in the 80th minute. They had um, a couple of penalties where they got position right at the last second where a converted try would have won them the game. A game they had no right to win based on how badly they played. Now, I um, obviously watch Sale more than other people. Yeah. My view on them, I'd be interested to see if you've got the same view, is they just don't look very cohesive. So They look like very good individual players all wearing the same shirts. So their back line with... It was Luke James and Cam Redpath Hmm. in the centres... They just did not get um, Byron or Marlon Yard into the game. They just, for whatever reason, they just could not get them into yeah, the I, game. Yeah, I am yet. Uh, to so that that was very poor. The line out in the second half when Acker, um, the angry warthog, came on. So he, he does a lot of good work around the park. Yes, he does. The line out just went. It just fell apart. It just totally disintegrated. So there's two things I think that are issues here. Number one. I have not seen any evidence yet that Comrade Path is the ne- is the second second coming of Henry Slade. Yeah, there yeah. is nothing on tape which suggests that at all. Yeah. Whatever he is, he's not the next Henry Slade. I he, think who's saying he is? Oh, he's loads of people have. He's talked up. Yeah, I've heard of him talked up as like the. Like it's almost the fight between England. Well, and I know Scotland. he was. I know he was in the England squad, England training, wider training. I mean, that, that's been mentioned um, numerous times by numerous journalists. Yeah. I don't know who was who first floated the idea, but do you want? Uh, um, Cameron Path to be like the Henry Slade in the outside channel. No, that's not happening. Second of all, um, you, you write about the lineup. It does look a bit, little bit sluggish. It looks sluggish to get in the air, P- particularly second half when yeah, I, I came that's on. a that's a theme of Premiership clubs this season. Yeah, you've had you've had Northampton losing last week when their scrum got battered by Bath. Mm-hmm. You've had Bath losing to Ulster and their lineout creaked. You had yeah. Gloucester's line out being an absolute shambles losing to Toulouse by five points sail the same thing sail the same thing there's like the fun Saracen's line out was Saracen's under pressure, line out yeah. under pressure. I, very different personnel so. yeah very different personnel and maybe this but is, a, this, like, maybe this is a, world, a World Cup hangover I don't know but the fundamentals but, it, it has been a theme this season I mean, maybe so there's far. only a handful of really good line out operators out there and maybe that's driven by the fact that the Premiership teams are so desperate for physicality I mean if you look at the sail pack and we'll move on to other packs like they are all very big men. You got the they two Dupriers in there. Yeah, it, you know, big solid a guys. Big pack this week yeah. with James Phillips and the two Dupree boys. I mean, that's a, that's huge. Yeah, and then you look at um, uh, who was the other team they mentioned? Gloucester. I mean, Gloucester went into that game with uh, who was the second rower who doesn't Fr- usually play? Freddie Clark. Freddie Clark, uh, great ball carrier, big old boy, 
he's not. He's, a, he's, he's not, not a line-out. They don't have Slater. They don't have Mostert. Yeah. So you know you need those lineout experts back in. Now they don't make a difference on their own because lineouts are far more, far more complex than saying, "Oh, yeah, I've got a really good good operator." Um, but they do help. And I do wonder if there's anything in this whole. I mean, it became very fashionable in the World Cup talking about tight tight head. Yeah. Tight head lock. What is that? I don't think yeah. it's a thing. <laughs> I think it I, might be a thing. I don't think it's, it's a, a thing. thing. I mean, uh, on, both a on, on our what's on our WhatsApp group, um, f- former lock Nick Rouse said, "Yeah, it's a thing." Former no, no, lock and I forwards think, coach. And, form, and form Bob Aaron, forwards coach. Yeah. Um, uh, but the other Bob Aaron on, on our group because we've got two of them. We've got two Barbarians on our on our fantasy that, rugby draft WhatsApp group. Yeah, it, it, it is a thing. Okay, but only to props. So only props talk about it. Okay. So it's not. Uh, so the second row is not wandering around because it's saying I'm a I'm a tight head lock. No, but props. But props, props, props do recognise second rows, which give them a bit. Yeah. yeah. So and I he think... doesn't just come from big lads because. Um, there is technique involved. So Nick Nick sort of said there are guys in the past that are, are massive but can be puddings at puddings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they said uh, they said didn't they in the World Cup that England lost it for the lack of selection of a tight head lock. Well, firstly, I've never heard of that. But imagine well, saying, "Hey, Marrow, you're out. James Phillips, you're in." Yeah. Well, <laughs> what? Because you want a tight head lock? Eddie Jones's Eddie Jones's autobiography said he would have selected George Cruz. Oh, no, no, I, no, no, I no, said no. that. No, no, he didn't. He, no, he didn't say George Cruz. He said he said Joe Marler and uh, Henry Slade. I, no, I said George. Yeah, George, but George Cruz. Cruz. Maybe that would maybe. have been the one he. Who knows? Definitely should have gone Hindsight with George is Cruz. Always twenty twenty. The, yeah, the only other thing I'll mention about the Sale Glasgow game was the um, the only Glasgow try, the DTH try. Marlon, I don't know if you've seen this. Marlon Yard, what were you doing? He. It's a one-on-one tackle he's going to make. He just <sighs> he he drifts outside DTH Van der Merwe when there's no one outside him. And DTH runs in from forty yards. Yeah, it was just a total misread. I'm not. Um, uh, he is still trying to find his form. I think from his knee his surgery. That, that's yeah. that's my take on how he's played so far this season. So yeah. He's going to need a little bit more time. They've got options, but it's no good. They've, needing got, they've, time. Got, they've got Denny and Chris Ashton. Chris Ashton. Well, right. One day they'll have Chris Ashton. <laughs> Um, on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He came on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, came on yeah. For, for Yard, I think. Then he needs to get fit soon, Yeah, I would say. Mm. So, yeah. There you go. Um, um, Are there any other games yeah. to cover? Well, oh, there is. Mun- yeah, Munster, Munster Ospreys. Oh, Munster yeah. bonus point win away at the Ospreys. Right, Ospreys have hit... I mean, there are lows and there's lows. And Ospreys have reached a new low this, um, this week when they decided that... I guess, what do they use? Microsoft Charisma to... Um, uh, to do their team sheet. <laughs> Did you see the quality of the oh. team sheet? It was I have seen that horrific. Team sheet. The, the formation, like the, it was, it was, um, I don't even know how to say it, widescreen, <laughs> with, with, where there's no need for it to be in a widescreen mode. It was ridiculous. And not only that, you know, you go to some grounds, let me give you an example, you go to Harlequins, right? And people sometimes say to you, Rugby's not a professional sport, or it's got so far to go. And you go to Hollywood and you go, no, actually, do you know what? This is a bloody good, you know, th- this is great. This is proper, a, proper, a proper professional sport done well. And then the Ospreys do something like use pe- you know, paintbrush to announce, their, uh, to announce <laughs> their team sheet. You think, no, no, they are right. They, they are right. It, it, it's got miles to go. What were they thinking? <laughs> it is awful. It is dreadful. But in the week where they lost at home to the Kings... Uh, they also <sighs> lost uh, well, a bonus point win for Munster. Um, this game, one of the few things out of it, it's put on my radar. Luke, Luke Price. Do okay. Know, do you know Luke Price? Nope. He is 
the professional rugby player who looks least like a professional rugby player. Crikey, that's a big shot. More so than Thomas Waldrum? Way, way, way more so. Luke Price. Luke Price Ospreys does not look like a professional rugby player. But like, I'm trying to work out... um, Goodness me, you're not wrong. <laughs> he, uh, he kicked his what position? What position? Does he play? Never heard of the guy. Is he any good? Um, he's playing for the Ospreys. He's, he's re-signed. Oh, I've seen him play a couple of times. Any good? Yeah, he's pretty handy. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because a lot of lads, you know, in those um, interviews, and they go, hey, who's the most skillful player that you've ever, that you've ever played with, and so on and so forth. Uh, they picked... The lad that's now at Dragons, whose name escapes me. Jared Evan Davis. Jared Davis. Sam Davis. Sam, Sam Davis. Sam Davis. Ah, right. God knows what's happened to Sam Davis. I mean, going to the Dragons yeah. to you know slowly finish off your career at age twenty-two. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. So now they're starting with him. There's also a theory that um, Anscombe might never play a game for Ospreys <laughs> after his black blood transplant. He's gonna. Transplant. He's gonna Thomas Croft it. Um, no, ooh, get good. back for get back for the big tools. Yeah, yeah. yeah so all that or move to the move move to the Premiership is the other one. Mm. So anyway, there you go. Yeah. So the Ospreys are basically accumulating all of these internationals, which will never play for the Ospreys. So the actual Ospreys product that they put on the field is nothing like as good as they could potentially be. You you've hardly ever see Alan Wynne Jones. You hardly ever when see. When you say put them on the field, what do you mean in? Because European Cup, you'd imagine that you'd imagine they the would field. go on the field for European Cup, and they Cup. will do. Well, maybe not now. They've lost the first game. This this is what's amazing about this competition is, yeah, yeah I'd say Ospreys lost at home. They're they're, they're probably looking at it and go, well, we'll give we'll, we'll give as good an account of ourselves as we can. But they they would they wouldn't say this obviously, but they might be thinking legitimately it's done. Well, they might have actually thought it before the game yes. <laughs> legitimately for the Ospreys. No professional outfit would have had that <laughs> thought before the game, but yeah, it's interesting. And Leinster, we didn't mention as well. Who, uh, yeah, pretty routine five point win against against Benetton. Who's JB's who beloved Benetton rallied at the end. Yeah, yeah. shame that one. But, um, but they, they've been playing some good stuff this year, Leinster. So yeah. Benetton and and with they, they had a few of those. Um, Ringrose got uh, a hat trick. Yeah, um, Sexton was back, but they, they've been managing their World Cup players shall we say excellent um one game from the other competition who's challenge, the, challenge cup. that one uh Worcester, Worcester playing in an empty stadium yeah what an actual empty stadium in NSI yeah. oh really yeah it wasn't in the they'd moved the game haven't they as in I read something saying that the the stadium they played in was actually closer to Worcester than the its home location what the club's home location? Yeah, <laughs> if, if from are these quirks of geography. The um, the team that they were playing NSI are I think they're located like east of Pakistan. They're, they're that far across yeah, Russia, Siberia. Siberia. Yeah. yeah, but they were playing in Western Russia or a more uh, Western okay. part of Russia. As I mentioned many many a time, I think that was AJ McGinty's debut. And oh, pr- in the minus thirty. Yeah, game. or it was like two or three games into his professional rugby. As career. an aside, I'm pr- I think that um, Jeremy Corbyn and John McDonnell are consulting with Worcester 
on their broadband. Um, oh, oh, really? I thought they've, they've gone to do a. I think they they made the announcement at the Worcester Academy House. Ah, <laughs> sorry. I thought you, I thought you were going to say that they were consulting with NSI about uh, uh, um, about Gulag construction. But, um, okay, fair enough. Either or. Um, Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, here's one for you. What is today the anniversary of? What what rugby game was it one year ago? Because it would have been would have been Autumn Internationals. Well, yeah. It was, it was a very, Eng- we, th- we thought at the time, a very significant moment. England All Blacks. It was Ireland beating the All Blacks. Ah. One year today. It was to, significant, to it turns out. Yeah. When it was 16-9 or something, they yeah. beat them. Is it that, it with the Stockers, at the Aviva. With Stockers. the Stockers try, four penalties. But by the way, I didn't mention it with the Bath-Ulster game earlier, but Stockers' last second intervention <gasps> yes. was, well, was a worldie of a moment. It yeah. was. I have got a question for you. It was incredible. What happens to Zach Mercer? As in, oh well, so he gets absolutely smashed, doesn't it? Well, he well, gets smashed. It's, it's, it's innocuous. He, he goes on the floor and holds his head. Because Cooney didn't wrap an arm. I well, I did. We haven't seen any close-up shots because I thought he was, it was genuinely injured. Yeah, we, it ha- we haven't seen any close-up shots because it it didn't go to the TMO. Referee didn't didn't look at it. Zach Mercer goes down on the floor and puts his hands on his head. I think because he's gone, I just. I just balls up the pass. Yeah, I, I, I should have. Sure, I, sh- I should. I should have kept hold of the ball. I've yeah. just and we've just lost the game when we could have won it at the death. He looked slow as well. He didn't look like Zach Mercer. Oh, I don't know. He did, it was pretty athletic to reach up and grab that ball. Oh yeah, yeah. But then I thought, you know, Zach Mercer in space, one man's a beat all day. Going to be a try. Underfoot is very heavy. Yeah, maybe um, maybe it was that then. But he didn't look as fast as particularly a, in the corners. So yeah, potentially. But um, so so no, I'm. Having not seen a close-up shot because there weren't any because the TNF didn't go yeah, to the TMO, I don't. Think, I don't play. think you can say Cooney shoulder charged him. I think it was actually legitimate. He he was trying to pull out of the tackle because Mercer had passed it. I don't think Mercer goes down. And I was stood by the bath bench at the time, and no one from the bath bench. Yeah, there were yeah. no remonstrations. No one in the crowd was saying what's going on. No one said for hours after the game, and it was only when the video highlight was put up on the BT Sport Twitter thing that some people started going, "Hold on." Yeah, he shoulder, exactly, shoulder checks him. Exactly what I saw. I didn't see the shoulder check. I was more worried about the injury. The Mercer because goes down. He looks like he's. Un- I mean, he isn't unconscious, but no. he's, he's I th- prone. I but- think he's just going. We just lost the game. Yeah. Damn it! Yeah. And 
but, he's mean, okay though. And he should, no, I, I think he's okay. And we shouldn't take away from the unbelievable bit of skill from Stockers. Yeah. Because what, <laughs> yeah. what I found brilliant... Well, was, commitment rather than skill, isn't it? The commitment, but also the communication because Stockers was running back alongside Mercer and you can see Stockers going, John Coo- like your man. And he stayed on Rocco when the, the instinct that close to your line would have been... To go for hey, to go was... for Mercer, but he trusted John Cooney and he stayed on Rocco. Yeah. and got there and intercepted. What the ball was the thing that Dan McFarlane was saying? He wants him to turn into what? Uh, fight and bite. They, fight and bite. Yeah, they, there you go. Then he had he had a huge amount of distance to to catch up as well because he'd yeah. shot out of the line yeah, as the miss pass goes across. It's amazing. Yeah, mm. it's very impressive. So the one I want to talk about very very briefly because I didn't see the game, but I think it's worthy of note is Bristol Bears started a nineteen year old. Yoan Lloyd. However you say his first name, I, I Lloyd played. <laughs> um, and apparently ran through most of the uh, most of the Zebra team for his yeah. own score. He's got 22 points or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so ridiculous. Yeah. This kid is legit, isn't he? He sounds he like he might to be, be quite good. The greatest player of a generation. I England starting fly half for their, the 2019 with, World Cup. With their, um, again, you know, just like George Ford, I, I think with their... Development skills. He should go to Saracens. He could really do something if he goes. To <laughs> yeah, he can uh, make uh, something of himself. <laughs> he, <could>. <laughs> <laughs> no, he looks the real deal. This kid. Yeah. So this is how it looks. It's um, Lloyd conversion. Uh, try Lloyd conversion, and then li- li- literally just look at this. I'll show you the uh, scoring charts here. Lloyd, 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 Lloyd. It's just dominated by by the kid. Fair play. Hmm. Very very exciting. And they have rugby ball shaped pies. Do they? Do they? Well, I put a picture from uh, one of our, again, another someone else on our fancy rugby draft WhatsApp group. Not quite as storied as the other two. No, not not as storied, but I think same position actually. Lock. Good question. Don't know. Ut- utility player. Utility player. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. he, he he sent us a picture of his pie and mash, and they have rugby shaped. Utility joker. They have they have rugby rugby ball shaped pies. Oh, I did have uh, in the Glasgow Stadium. I had, uh, I think it was black pudding and haggis sausage roll oh. that was very very good. Oh. Lovely. That nice. was nice. Yeah. They have they've quite a good um, coffee uh, culture tr- truck in the uh, oh, ground, I believe. I yeah, didn't didn't have any coffee. I had a, f- a few Guinnesses uh, in the ground. Well, yeah, I suppose you would have done. <laughs> quite often I'm working, but I, I know that the grounds that Saracens have a really good coffee uh, truck. Mm-hmm. Might even be Tiki Tonga Tiki, coffee. Yeah, yeah it will be absolutely. Um, I think Dave Dave Seymour has his truck at sale. I've not seen that for a yeah. little while though. I do like a good coffee. I do like I do like a good coffee before I work, yeah. work at, at the rugby. Nice double uh, espresso. And then um, Bath, as you can imagine, have a good coffee. Oh, truck. I can only imagine. Yeah, coffee with the boys. Yeah. Uh, next week's games. Yeah, let's get on to next week's games. Let's do it. So, Tim, Friday night, you're oh, there. I'm so excited about being. I'm so excited about. It. I love that place. Friday, Friday night in Kingsome was brilliant. That's a great place to be. Friday yeah. night in in Belfast is awesome. And this will be a very important game. Yes. And there's actually some form here. So Ulster beat Claremont in a, an absolute epic. 39-32 encounter in the 2016, um, 2015-16, I think Good it memory. was. Um, I, I looked it up before the pod. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, oh yeah, I remember that game. Never admit you look things up uh, before the pod. Just pretend that it's off the cuff. Oh yeah, uh, photographic memory. Remember mm. every detail. Uh, Peter, Peter was playing back then. Absolute epic game. I hope it's as good as that. I hope the result's as good as that. I hope the performance is as good as that. Mm. It won't be, unfortunately. I can't see it. Difficult, isn't it? They're so good. They're French teams don't travel away very well, though. So. True, true. They're just so powerful. When, you, when you're watching, oh my God, Rekka and Yato, 
Did you see the the Yato? I saw the Yato one, kick. The Yato <laughs> kick. The air kick. Not very good. Which with Ugo Monye, you can just hear him gigg- giggling in the commentary box. The Yato kick, not good. He should never ever kick ever because his try was or what his oh, second yeah, try. Wow. The pace and the power. Actually, both of his tries. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. Just unreal. So, uh, I think we're going to struggle with that. Hmm. Softem. Softem. I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you pure because Ulster did not play, no. not put their best foot forward. No. But they are building something there. Yeah. Uh, the problem for them is they had two front five forwards go off injured against Bath. Ooh. Jack McGrath. Don't know the extent of that injury, and Carter in the second row looked like he, dis- yeah. he dislocated his shoulder. Carter's so. shoulder did look bad. So uh, they, they could be stretched already, mm. and that's where you don't want to be stretched against Claremont. No, not at all. So I think so. I'm inclined to agree with you that it'll be a Claremont win. Yes. Um, then Saturday, so if we go pool by pool, um, pool one, we've got JB's beloved Benetton hosting Northampton Saints. Uh, how, 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 how do you reckon the Free-flowing Northampton style will suit Benetton. Tough to say. Um, Do ben- are Benetton big up, a big up front? Because that's basically yeah, that, that's the way you can really beat Northampton is by taking yeah. them on. Big up front. I as Bath did. I think Northampton will win this. I th- okay. Less sorry, Leicester. <laughs> Lol. Uh, Exeter <laughs> are favourites at the moment to win the Premiership. Does everyone agree on that? Um, yes, it's going to be one hell of a team that stops them. Yes, yes I agree. Even though the, in the Premiership they've not played particularly well, but yes, I agree. Second favourites has to be Northampton for me. I think uh, they're, I think they're too lightweight. I think it's early to or say too now. Experienced in the past, I, 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 you see, but it's tough because you look around and it's Gloucester, and Northampton, right? I, I'd yeah. say Gloucester. I'd say Gloucester. Gloucester for me. When when they click, we talked about this last week. And there are a lot of sides that you can't judge yet because they've not clicked Sippers is not firing yeah. when, when when Sippers has got Willie Hines back and when Gloucester have got Moster back yeah but if you've got, if you've got Willie back. Hines back no one's scoring tries for them no one's <laughs> scoring tries for 50 yeah. yards I mean uh, Simpson also got the one against Wasps he got one week after yeah, but you Glo- get two against Wasps actually Gloucester in a very Saracens-esque way are a pressure team aren't they they they, they play intelligently with two halfbacks that can kick really mm-hmm. well and then they'll just squeeze you with a, with a big old pack and I think well, Gloucester haven't clicked yet, so I'd say I'd put them second favourites. I, I also bear in mind that Saracens are probably yeah. going to go down I or close think to it's a it. Close but call, but that, that's I would I would do the same. But actually, more going on my perceptions going into the season rather than what I've seen so far yes. in the season. If I would sense. say Gloucester have failed a lot of big tests. Anyway, as as it's got serious, you know they they should have put Saracens to the sword. The year, they, they should have finished off the to year that Exeter eventually won the Premiership. They lost nine in a row early in the season. Was that Prem Cup included, though? Uh, they lost... I remember the ninth defeat or something like that was at the Kingspan against Ulster. And I interviewed Rob Baxter afterwards and he was he, he was just... He, he seemed broken, but was kind of like, no, you know, it's not good enough. Trust but, our system. But, but we'll be back. Yep, just the system. So... It, you don't win. It, you don't. You don't. You don't win anything normally till May. But you don't win anything till July. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> the end of June or That's whatever a good point. it is. I just say that Northampton. Every time the, the task has got bigger, they've basically met it. That, that will play into their hands, though. The fact that there'll be a lot of rugby in spring, and verging on summer, that will help Northampton. It's big time. 
and this apparently this Matt Proctor fella is going to be fairly good. Is he's, it Matt Proctor? Matt Proctor. Yeah. He's not bad, you know. Can he play a bit? He's, he's, he played, play. he's played for the All Blacks, so he'll be yeah. all right. Reasonable, yeah. For the Kane, utility um, backs who can play 15, 13, 12, wing. Who put him in fancy rugby? Brynner. Bryn. I've been eyeing him for a few was he, weeks. Was he outside back, he, though? He is an outside oh, back. Oh, is right. he? I don't keep care him, about keep that, him, keep Whatever, him. Whatever, I don't yeah. need him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he was so, a centre, yeah. damn yeah. it. So, Brynn Bryn needs all the help he can get right now. He does. So the answer to that is... Um, the answer to your question is I back the second favourites for the Premiership over my beloved Benetton boys. Right. Yes. Uh, me too. And me three. Then we've got... This will be interesting. Um, Leon hosting Leinster. Leon hosting Leinster. Leon. Give me Leon. They have to win, but they won't win. Yeah, give me Leinster. And, and then another, and then the season is over for Le- Leon again, and they'll yep. probably start going, well, we're doing well in the top 14, let's turn our attention there and throw the yeah. towel they, in they, Europe. But they really want to win. This is not a joke. They want to win right? a game in They Europe. really want to win a game. Like, they targeted Glasgow away to win, because in their minds, we'd be the first, they, they thought they were history-making. They'd be the first team, the first Leon team, they're very proud of this, to have stayed up back-to-back seasons. It's not a first milestone. They're unbelievably proud of that. They'd be the first Leon team to win a game in Europe, and they really want to win. So, like, <laughs> and they've not even got a point yet. <laughs> they've not got a point, and I've backed them to win every game that they've played so far, <laughs> every single game. So they're That's, definitely gonna beat Leinster. The JB curse. Yeah. Hear yeah. me now, believe me later. They're it's gonna really beat quick and easy to get from uh, Manchester to Leon. Really cheap. Yeah, it yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. Food capital of France. Yeah, it might be amazing for food. Oh, actually, uh, in, when you when you're off to Belfast, I'll recommend you a restaurant. No, I won't. Bill I will. I, 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 I'd love to, but I am flying in, going to the game. Then I'm driving to. We're, we're on a like a mini bus to Dublin, staying oh, wow. staying in Dublin because then in the morning we're up and driving to Limerick. Oh, wow. Ooh. I know it's a bit of an ugly trip, but you know, good company. Yeah, who's who, who's in your bus? Oh, just the, everyone that's there. On, can you on can, the team. Can, can you give us some names? Go on. Uh, who's, who's in the bus? I don't know if I can actually. I, I don't. You can't, know. you can't give us bus names. We're just people. John, okay. <laughs> John Steve, John's there. All right. Who, um, who, who, who'll be on comms? Actually, I genuinely don't know. Okay. Who's your favourite p- p- person to be in in the bus with that that our listeners will uh, will know? Uh, who keeps you entertained? On other bus journeys. On other bus on a hy- on a hypothetical bus journey with all the people that you've been on uh, on a bus with. Flats, Ugo, Nick. I, uh, I, do you like them all Sarah, equally? Do they I, all bring different I, things? I like they all bring different things, <laughs> and I, I, I keep myself to myself on bus bus trips and stuff. But I like the calming and very relaxing, entertain, uh, relaxing and entertaining company of Nick Mullins. I yeah, he, he gave me a lift from uh, Gloucester to Bath, and um, yeah, just I got a taxi know. with Nick once, and uh, yeah. I can say it was delightful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were going to give me some rubbish answer. Like, yeah, I just take every bus journey one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, one of my highlights—the highlights of my life—is in Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. Um, the two of us, Nick and Lauren, mm-hmm. um, driving from the game into the center of Philadelphia to go and have a few beers with the teams. Yeah, and Nick Mullins said to me, "This is so weird. I'm, I'm." listening to your voice Phil from Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast and you're actually sat next to me I'm like it's weird for you how, how weird do you think it is for me Nick Mullins yeah. World Cup final commentator yeah we were hearing the nuances of um, commentating on diving which is great yeah awesome in fact Nick, Nick can make anything sound incredible do you know do you, as a commentator do you know what the, the the best thing about Nick Mullins is 
and why he's got to the very top of his craft is because he knows when to say nothing. Mm. Mm. I wish I learned that skill. <laughs> <laughs> so does everyone else. No, really. <laughs> right, next game. Next game. Next yeah. game. Pool two. Exeter versus Glasgow. Uh, Exeter. Exeter. How can you not pick Exeter? I think That's Exeter. Great, great storyline. That's brilliant. Great storyline. Yeah. yeah. Hoggy, I think Exeter will do this. Um, then we've got Quinn's Bath, an old premiership. Ooh, team. who's going to lose this is the question. Who, yeah. Who's going fi- to find a way to successfully lose this game? There is, I mean, there is, it's the hope that kills you, so the at least the loser can uh, can kind of acknowledge, well, it's done. it's done, but I think for both teams, it's already done. It probably yeah. is. I would say Bath win this. Looking at these two teams, I think Bath can, can beat Quinns. If Bath be, do beat Quinns, I'm then putting Quinns in the same bin um, as Leicester. <laughs> they are going to yeah. go in the Leicester bin. They're in, a, yeah. they're in trouble. At the minute, what? big time, they are, are. yeah. But then, I again, I said it last week, I'm not going to go into it again. But personnel wise, I, I just there's one good thing about Quinns, they're chopping it? and changing so much, yeah. Which is there's only one good thing about Quinns, and that's um, Ibatoya, who class. has beat more players uh, than any other player in the top, was it top in top league? So, that more... run to set up the try yeah. for I can't believe you gave the pass. Uh, I mean, I didn't Lang. Really... for Lang was insane, yeah. yeah. The boy was is like, awesome, isn't he? I mean. If I was the Buffalo Bills, I'd be going, here, have Christian Wade. We want him to <laughs> Yeah, I thought that. It, it was like a running back, wasn't it? Yeah. Change direction, change direction, yeah. find yeah. the hole. Yeah, he, yeah, it was insane. And if you have him in fantasy rugby, I, I do, obviously. Thank you, Alex Shaw. Um, yeah, you, you're doing all right. What round did you pick him up in? Quite late. Nah, fourth or fifth. Yeah. I had a list oh, of... was it that early? Uh, yeah, because yeah, I, I had him down. I had him, yeah. but like I thought, so, I'll, if, he's a, if he's around in round seven or eight or yeah. nine, I'll have him. I would have gone at that stage. Because uh, Mercer went... Uh, I got him instead of Mercer, because Mercer went. Mercer was on my list. But then I got Ben Earl. Lad. Early. Which, Brilliant. again, you didn't know he was going to be as good as he was. No, I had a yeah. good idea. I had a pretty good idea. He's, he's, those two he's looking in good season. shape at Ben Earl. Oh, he's yeah. so powerful, he's isn't he? He's really big this year. Yeah. He's, he's very, very fast. His collision with um, Camille Schatt in the game was massive. Yeah, weird he came off second best, though. He did come off second best. I mean, good initial, I hate that when you make a good initial a hit. Massive collision, yeah. and then he ends up on the floor. Camille Schatt is a freak. Camille is still going. He is yeah, a freak. Now, if I was, neck. I've said this before, if I was drug testing, I'm, I'm definitely not saying, I'm definitely not saying he is on drugs. I'm not saying that. I'm 100% <laughs> not saying that. But if, the, if you had to, if you said you've only got a limited number of uh, tests, tests, and you just need, to, you, you know, nothing about the players, it can't, it can't be random. You've got to pick. Yeah, if that's profile. Go, that how man. did he get that yeah. neck? Yeah, <laughs> that man. Look just at him. A now. lot of weights. In the same clearly. way, that the HMRC can't investigate every everybody. So but, they've got to use like intelligence-led, you yeah. know. T- your intelligence is your eyes going. That guy looks like he's yeah. a Marvel comic book. Hero. That's interesting. <laughs> Get me his urine sample. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next game. A lot of hard work. Camille Shatz put yes, in. Yes, a lot. Years. Absolutely. Next game is Pool Four. Saracens host Ospreys. Saracens. Saracens. It will be interesting to see how they freshen up their team. Whether they do introduce a few of the England boys. I think they threw them all in. I don't know. Just no. because the Premiership, it, they are not going to win Europe this year. They are going to save them. I think they'll throw a few in. But if anyone's carrying niggles like uh, Farrell or Itoji's, or here's how I think about this, right? If they are Saracens have written off Europe already. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you actually think that? Hundred percent. I, I, I don't think that. I believe they have. I, I don't think it's in their DNA to write things off. I, I think they'll fight on they're, every front. They're thirty-five points. Twenty-two. 
Well, now. Yeah. Yeah, but that's only with the points they've gained back. They'll catch them. But how many points are they behind 11th? That's all you need. That's the number you need. I have. How many points are they behind 11th? Give me one second. With uh, 18 games to go. Uh, 26. 26 points behind. So I, with the the league as it is, I think this is going to be a higher Mm. points tally gets relegated long... than last year. Yeah, and last when year was, was high. Was, was unusually high. It was yeah. 31 or something. Like Hang on, has the league table been updated yet? No, the, well, it depends what table you're looking at. But like Mid- Midnight one. tomorrow night, the table will read Saracen's 12th. Yeah. 26 points behind. So Saracen's are mi- minus 26. No, minus, minus 20, 22. Minus 22. 26 behind Yeah, but they're, they're minus 22, and they're going to have to get to plus... Forty something, I think. Probably, yeah. To survive. Late, mid to late thirties. So you've got to have a. Yeah, so, so they're going to have to have sixty point swing from yeah. where they are now. And at eighteen games to sixty point eighty. Yeah, yeah, maths. Yeah. What, what's what's an average points per game? Uh, sixty into. Oh, I've got a question. Over three, three and a bit. So you got you got to average over three points yeah. a game. If you were Saracens, right? Would you prefer to take a thirty-five point reduction? Or would you prefer to have a 15-point reduction at the start of every game? <laughs> I'd probably take the 15-point reduction. I'd take the 50. I think they'd back themselves to win enough of those games. 20-point reduction? Ooh, now you... Now you... I think that'd be more interesting, actually. It, it That's what they should be. do. That'd be fascinating. I, th- I think they would back themselves to beat half the table twice with a 20-point reduction. Can we play Northampton every week? <laughs> yeah. They would back themselves. So they always to, beat them by 50. I bet they would back themselves to win half the games. Now, it, the, with that, they'd win 11 games and, and would definitely be safe. At the risk of sounding like an even, evangelical Christian, these things are sent, to, uh, are sent to test us. At the risk and, of sounding like Israel Falat, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Let's not go there. there. Um, so, yeah, let's wrap this up. Yeah, Quick. I've not had, I've not had much sleep. That's why I think that Saracens will go full on it's no. in their DNA. They've written off Europe already, but anyway, I, we will I, see. Yeah, we will. We will. It'll be interesting to see. Um, so everyone's saying Saracens in that, almost regardless what yes. team they put out. Then this is a big game for potentially the winner of Pool Four. Munster hosting Racing ninety two. I'm so excited about this one. That will be a very good game. Five thirty on Saturday. Live on BT Sport. Racing. Give me Munster. And if there's any home. French translation needed with the, with the Racing players, I'm there. Perfect. That's why they've sent me. It's ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Conway gas for his try? Yeah. I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah, I, he scored some good tries, but I didn't think he was that fast. It was, it was awesome. Uh, Munster. Um, oh, I actually think Munster at home might sneak it. I think Munster. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rassing. Then we've got Pool 5, Toulouse host Connacht. Toulouse. Now, Connacht did go to Toulouse and, and win. And win. Sale Sharks have won it at Toulouse. There you go. Not this Toulouse. Yeah, not this uh, side. Yeah, agreed. I think Toulouse, comfortable. And they've still got DuPont and Colby to come back into their bat line. Actually, did Sale Sharks win there, or did Gaskell just score a one-off amazing try? I don't know. Gaskell picked up the ball. I think the ball squirted out uh, out the tunnel. Gaskell picked it up and just ran the length of, of, of the field. Gaskell was one of those guys. That was, I remember when Thomas Croft burst on the scene and then Lewis Moody burst on the scene. You yeah, he these, was that guy. You had these kind of back row guys that just had this unreal gas. Rangy, yeah. Rangy, incredible speed. Looked like a modern athlete. Gaskell was one of those as well. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't done so well since going to Wasps. I mean, he's no longer spoken about in England circles. But he's, but he's had a lot of injuries. 
Yeah, he's, he's a solid well, yeah, just not as good as maybe. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Maybe the atmosphere is not as good there. He hasn't know. fulfilled. <laughs> not old school enough. I, I don't know. Fulfilled the attention, the uh, potential that he Steve Diamond created, gave him. Because didn't he? Did he got picked for England age like twenty, didn't he? He, he was certainly he got a cap or two. He's certainly in and around the conversation. Oh, yeah, he was like Chris. Did he play uh, like yeah, England next V? Oh yeah, maybe yeah. Like, no, he was definitely in the conversation. He was captaining Sale at the time. Yeah, and he was like twelve. So yeah, he was definitely in the conversation and didn't really kick on at Wasps. No. A, a lot of them didn't. And maybe you learn your lesson. What? What? Premiership runners up? Then win it. No, uh, no, no, England, England. So they're all going to go to England. Won't they? Tommy Taylor's going to be 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 in there I for England. And... Tommy Taylor didn't go to Wasps. Because he said Danny that, that's how to go I'll to get to England. Yes, he absolutely did. He absolutely did. He thought he thought his England chances would be uh, increased, as did Gaskell, as did Cip- Cipriani. I think that's, I think that's propaganda. Well, if, yeah, I think that's propaganda. I'm buying because, it. Because if, if, <laughs> Sounds right to me. If, uh, if coaches wouldn't pick players because they were at Sale or Newcastle, let's say, then... Leicester Tigers have three, three England players. Four they, England players. They deserve More. to be. Leicester Tigers. They deserve, yeah, because Genge, they're amazing Cole. players. Genge. Yeah. Like Johnny yeah, May would be a contender for oh, a world 15. Six players. Johnny May would be a contender for a world 15, but saying. you're going, well, they finished 11th in the league last year, so he should, probably shouldn't be playing. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> clubs matter, and they do matter. Speaking of clubs that matter, yeah. um, the two Sunday games, the first one in Pool 2 is Sale hosting La Rochelle. A game I, w- I will go to. Sale will win. <clears throat> Anyone else fancy against this? I'll be uh, on a plane from back from Limerick. I'm trying to think, maybe. I'm, trying to think, I'm sure I've got something on next week. Oh, I'll be coming back from London. Washing your hair. In London on um, Saturday. Why would you wash your hair on Saturday? Oh, I'll definitely go to this. This will be good. This will be good. And I'm looking forward to watching Danny Preso in the flesh. Mm. And again, La Rochelle, I think, will go, right, that's done then. We're, we're cooked. Lavani well, this, well, this is a must-win game for them. Yeah, it is. For, bo- for both teams, this yeah, is, both this teams. is a must-win. Seeing L- Lavani Bottier and Victor yeah. Vito. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm definitely, definitely going to this. And then... And Rat- Ratier, they've got some really good outside backs. Yeah, Rat- Rat- Anyway. Is it Rattes or Rat- 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 yeah. Rat- uh, yeah. Last one, Montpellier, Gloucester? Yeah. Um, Montpellier. Montpellier. <sighs> Must win. Just too big, aren't they? Just yeah, too big. Yeah. It's going to be Montpellier. And, and because, as I've said, Gloucester will send a changed, changed team. I'm not so sure, but we will see. I, I still think Montpellier will win anyway. Uh, well... So why don't we finish this off um, with a subject that we love talking about? Israel Falau's back back in the news. Which oh, good. thank goodness! Oh, I thought I thought it was going to be a boring news week, but Israel Falau, like a gift from heaven. I don't, I don't. Can I just uh, like a broader point? One thing I've seen so much of on Twitter, particularly, is the worst for it. It's people giving oxygen to stories that they hate. So the, yeah, a great yeah. example was Will Carling. There, there was one from the Daily Mail about how England's World Cup players were spoiled because they took their medals off. Yeah. Absolute. Oh, but... I, I, to, no, but, but I'm so to, glad you mentioned this, right? A total bullshit story and a total bullshit uh, article that deserved no attention yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And what did everyone on Twitter do to score some kind of virtue points or something? I don't know. Or just to, or maybe it was... Let me take it in good faith. To, to, right. highlight, how, on, to highlight how bad they think it is. But all they in, all, they, all Will Carling and, and Brian Moore and all these tons of other people who, who retweeted this, this article and said, look how bad this article is, gave it literally thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of clicks. <laughs> of clicks. Which, which is exactly what the article wants. Which is exactly what the article them. wants, which is how they fund themselves, <laughs> yeah. which means the boss is going to go, more, that, more, more of that, because well, that got us money. I, yes. have, I have a question, right? So stop doing yeah. it. I, I definitely understand why they think it's this 
d- disrespectful. That medal's meant to be precious. Do, do we agree on that? It is um, meant to be precious, right? I understand why you take it off, but no, I also bollocks. understand... Gold, no, 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 no. Gold medal is precious. Bear, 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 bear with me here, right? So the idea is the, me- the medal is precious... Um, is disrespecting it to give it to, you know, to take it off or not wear it. I mean, I assume that they kept it. Um, any views on Sonny Bill Williams giving away his medal to a child? <laughs> why? Why is that not? That is disrespectful, right? Yeah. Uh, on the same, <laughs> along the same lines. I, th- I think a player is allowed to shake, do what he wants with his dumb medal. He shake, shake the hand, take it in his hand, or have it put around his neck and it's up to him, and it's no one Kick else's it. business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Throw it in a hedge. Absolutely. Throw it in a hedge in Sedgwick Park. And, and what happened you... to understand? What, what I have heard as well is Owen Farrell, who was one of the people that was taught by this by this article, was like, what, "What a spoiled child!" And a load of people were criticising. He was apparently the last one back into the changing rooms because he was out signing autographs for, for flipping ages. Oh, yeah. Just he was just gutted. He's just lost the World Cup yeah. final. How, that is the the most important thing. They have worked their whole professional sport in life. Have been work, uh, working yeah. up to that moment. The last six months, the last four years. Uh, has been working specifically for that moment, and to fall up short in the manner that they did, whether they're putting the medal around their neck or not, is the last thing on their mind. Mm, true. But now, point, but as I say, point being, stop fanning the flames of bullshit stories. So again, with Israel Falau, ignore him. But what's everyone on rugby Twitter already done? Yeah. They've started. Talking about Israel Falau again. Don't yeah. give him any flipping oxygen. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I got to say, I do enjoy Israel Falau an awful lot. Um, <laughs> I, I can't get enough of it. Um, I mean, it is undeniable that turning your your back on God would cause bushfires. I get that. Well, I'm not saying that correlation is equals cause- causation, but in this case, I think we've got enough evidence. I think you can't prove he's wrong. I, yeah, well, yeah, there are less people going to church. He'll keep, that's why he, he can, he'll keep believing it. Exactly. So and uh, let him believe it on his own and, in his own little church with his own congregation yeah. that choose to be there. Someone's gone in, filmed it, and spread it outside. <laughs> Who cares? Well, this is amazing. What right? a little tiny church in Australia, which I, I gather is like his parents' church, like or something in their oh. back garden or something. Uh, it's like so twenty people. Who cares? Quite amusingly, you know, people do say stupid things at the altar of uh, of religion. For instance, Stuart Bourne's hope for a, for, a ty- for a typhoon to cancel some matches. He got one and eight people died. All uh, of the... 30 people died. Oh, 30 people died. Del- must, must have been delighted. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, people say these things. Uh, Stuart Bourne's believes that typhoons will... Um, uh, having typhoons I, will solve climate change and... I, did, I didn't see what you're referring to, so I, I can't speak to the veracity of it, but if... Times podcast. If, if anything like that was said... Then I would I would advocate ignoring that as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> podcast. He said, "I just hope that there's a typhoon serious enough to cancel games." Now I don't know how I don't know what you expect a typhoon serious enough to cancel a World Rugby Cup game looks like, but it's probably life threatening. He did caveat, but hurts nobody. I don't know how you balance those the, the, those two statements. Just enough to cancel all the games, but no one. But look, if if you if you worship at the uh, you know at the religious altar of um, wokeness and Greta Thunberg, things happen. You know, things happen. <laughs> So they're both equally as mad, and I enjoy reading both of their content for yeah. their insane ideas. So, <laughs> if you want to read and enjoy uh, the, the the ridiculousness that Israel Falau, that's fine. Just don't don't share it and and talk about it. Just let it go away. Let it go away. Yes. And then, what anyone thinks in the privacy of their own house? Well, I won't be turning my car, back on God, Tim. Church, whatever. <laughs> <he's>, <laughs> I don't care. It's not worth the risk. It's not worth, why, 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 risk why risk it? it? Why risk it? <laughs> For a couple of prayers a day. A, a day. It's just not worth it, is it? You're right. <laughs> On that note. Yes.
Yep, let's leave it there. See you next week. I want to go to bed. Yes. Let the boys play. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.